You're listening to the most authentic place in sports. It's the Sports Headline Show. Here are your hosts, Sean Davis and Warner Sanker. Hey. Welcome hey. back. are they going to be for you this season? And uh, with that being said, we've got the Dallas Cowboys here to Yeah, this Dallas Cowboys team is one of, if not the most polarizing teams this season. You know, some analysts and people or whatever may have this Dallas Cowboys team ranked, you know, closer towards the top 10. And then you have people like us and some other people that, you know, may have the uh, Dallas Cowboys uh, ranked closer to 20. Right, so there's a lot of question marks for sure on this roster, and we're going to address them all here uh, really quickly. Just go over to patreon.com, patreon.com slash sports headlines. A lot of these episodes are pre-recorded, um, so you'll get early access to uh, some of these episodes. They'll be on Patreon for any dollar amount. One dollar a month, you get access to early uh, episodes releases. So let's look at this key departures and additions. Uh, I guess Mike Nolan is a key departure. I mean, it's a change in scheme, so or it's a, a change in coach, but he wasn't really effective last year for him, uh, to say the least. But the guy they brought in, Dan Quinn, over from Atlanta, hasn't really been effective for the last three, four years either. So yeah, I don't, I don't know exactly what they're trying to accomplish. But they lost all defense. They lost Mike Nolan, the DC, Tyrone Crawford, a uh, defensive end, Alden Smith, an edge rusher, Shadobi Awuzie, and Xavier Woods, a free safety. Um, so. You're, they lost a lot of starters, yes, but they just look look at look at who they got back. Uh, Dak Prescott back off of injury. He played the first few weeks and then went down with that gruesome ankle injury. Tyron Smith off of injury as well, and Lael Collins. So two of your your two starting tackles and your quarterback are back. Uh, you also have Blake Jarwin coming back uh, from injury, and and that's just on the offense. You draft Micah Parsons. You sign Keanu Neal, you sign Kelvin Joseph. You draft Demont- Kelvin Joseph. My bad, yeah, yeah. And you uh, sign DeMonte Kazee as well. So uh, Keanu Neal and Kazee coming over from Atlanta with Dan Quinn. Um, I don't think there's a coincidence in that, but I'm not too excited on necessarily who they brought in, um, except for the guys that are getting back off injury. Yeah, but outs- I mean, like, don't get me wrong, and let's talk about this draft with these first two guys. Micah Parsons and Kelvin Joseph, you look like you're drinking tequila with the way you were holding that bottle uh, jar. Uh, Micah Parsons and Kelvin Joseph, Micah Parsons, arguably, I mean, granted, what, he went 11 or whatever to the Cowboys, right? So, I mean, it is what it is there. But Kelvin Joseph, I think we'll try to pop, pull up our uh, draft power rankings here for this cor- for the corners anyway. Um, I liked Kelvin Joseph a lot. I believe, as we see here, Kelvin Joseph was our seventh-ranked receiver in the, in this draft class. Corner. Yeah, corner. I don't, yeah, I just said receiver. Um, you know, as we see here, uh, he has enough uh, zone 
abilities and zone traits, but he is more of a press corner, right? Who's I think, and he has enough zone traits, so I think he can convert to Seattle. Uh, cover yeah, three, defense. Cover three, which is a press zone scheme. That's yeah. why Richard, big corners like Richard Sherman and Brandon Browner were so successful uh, in Seattle, and then Richard Sherman, of course, in San Francisco. And so I think he'll fit the scheme well. He's an athletic guy. He can come up and make plays in the run game. He can tackle guys, uh, and and you know he's he's a physical corner. And I think that's exactly what they need. Yeah. Um. So I, I definitely enjoyed watching me some Kelvin Joseph on tape. He was one of the few highlights of that Kentucky football season last year and I mean similar to the Cowboys they didn't have very many uh upsides last season they didn't have very many bright spots last season it was a very disappointing season for this Cowboys team and then Micah Parsons think like like drugged up Devin White right like they're not really great in coverage but oh my god, everything else. So right, there's the freak athleticism. They can rush the passer out like a blitz package. Heck, you can even I mean shoot, you can get creative and just send them for Christ's sakes, right? Devin White's a phenomenal blitzer right now. Yeah, one one of the best blitzers in general for some linebackers position. Yeah. Um and then they're gonna stuff the run. They're gonna play, be sideline to sideline, they're gonna stuff the run. Um so you know it's it's definitely uh, two strong picks there. And, yeah, again, like for the rest of the key additions, you know, you're just bringing back guys that missed quality time last season. So, uh, yeah. So, strengths and weaknesses for this team, you got to say the passing game is a strength, right? With yeah. Three extremely talented receivers. Um, that That's obviously a strength. You've got Dak Prescott, who's a capable quarterback. Um, and And – I guess the offensive line is still a strength of this team, but the defense is definitely not a strength. Um, I would say that 100% uh, with conviction. The coaching is not a strength at all. Um, I, I don't I don't really see what you're looking at if you're Dallas and like, this is, this is what we're going to be. This is who we're going to be, uh, except for passing the ball and throwing it a lot, but getting in poor situations because we saw last year with Irrelevant as your head coach, you run the ball on first and second down with Zeke and Tony Pollard. Then you have a third and eight, and you have to make plays. And on one of those plays that Dak was trying to make, he ended up breaking his ankle. I'm not saying that's going to happen again because it was a freak injury, but you still run that risk of having players injured, specifically quarterbacks injured when there's so much pressure put on them um, when, when your play calling is so predictable. Yeah. Um, for me, I'm not even going to add anything except the uh, culture being a significant weakness. weakness. And, I mean, if you don't believe me, Andy Dalton got rocked last season. Like, rocked. In the in a rivalry game of all games. So not like you're facing the Bengals in a road game in Cincy or whatever. You're facing a Washington football team. Your divisional rival, your quarterback at the time gets rocked. And you just let him sit there to just die. Jog off the field. Right, you, you just leave him there to die, right? And, I mean, I guess, you know, with Dak back, your culture is going to be better, but your culture should inevitably start from the head coaching position. It should not necessarily be your quarterback. And, and we've seen that, listen, Mike McCarthy has proven that he is not a culture guy. Dan Quinn, their defensive coordinator, has proven he's not a culture guy either. Now, there, there's been, you know, players have, have loved him as a, as a person, 
But as a coach, he's never been able to really get it done. He was more of a, of a Kyle Shanahan, I think you could argue. So I think that you're looking for um, you're looking for something that you don't have in the building, and you're going to need somebody to step up. And it looks like that somebody's going to be Dak Prescott, because if Dak doesn't step up, this Cowboys team is going to be abysmal, and they're they're, they're probably not going to be as bad as the Eagles. But we'll say if Jalen Hurts can show that he can be a franchise quarterback, then the Cowboys might as well be worse than the uh, than the Eagles. Yeah, so let's look at this uh, quarterback room here, which is going to rank 13th. Um, Dak Prescott leading the way here, obviously. And uh, this isn't like last year where if Dak gets hurt, I mean, I, I don't even want to say you're fine now because we saw with Dalton, he got rocked and they just didn't care. Yeah, but Ben Nucci And Cooper Rush and Gary Gilbert, so – like, you're not winning a game with any of these other quarterbacks as your starter. I'm sorry. So, God forbid something happens to Dak this season. You guys are really in for a rough season. Um, Dak has pretty much all the physical traits he can. He can make all the throws. He has a good enough arm. Uh, I don't know about all, but he can make the standard throws that you need. He can make any NFL caliber throw. He can uh, extend plays in the pocket, use his mobility. We're just why 13th, and, I mean, when you start – like 15 and up, you have to get more nitpicky because then you're looking, you're talking about, okay, who's the legit top 10? Who yeah, is, you're, you're looking at you like know, franchise guys and you're looking at all pros and you're looking at Hall of Famers. Right. So, you know, like Dak, it'll be questionable decision-making on third downs, right? You know, it's almost like, I mean, he on first and second down, he's all, he's, he might be a top five quarterback, but come third down when the pressure is on or whatever, right? I'll never forget this play. It's a Seattle play. And if NFL Game Pass was an idiot, we might be able to pull it up. But, um, you know, it's a late game play against Seattle, right? They're down. I think they're trying to make the game-winning drive. They're in the red zone. I think they're like – maybe not the red zone, but they're like in Seattle territory, the final minute or whatever. Dak escapes the pressure, moves outside the pocket, and he launches it into three Seattle Seahawks defenders – he, had, he could have thrown it away, stopped the clock, and ran another snap. He could have ran the ball and gotten out of bounds, even if he wouldn't have got a first down. I I, I remember that play. And yeah, just, that, was, that, was a, that was a really ugly, ugly You just chuck it up in the air to three. It's not like you have DeAndre Hopkins even as your receiver. But even with D-Hop, I don't even know if you want to do that. I mean, yeah, but I mean, still, like, that's the – was that – I think that was Amari Cooper maybe. Right, who's not like your prototypical, like just go get a ball receiver, right? But even that, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm not, I shouldn't be trying to defend this because it's bad, yeah. right? Um, but again, I mean, first, second down, he's probably a top five, definitely a top seven or eight quarterback in the league. But on third down, you know, there are some legitimate question marks when it comes to Dak Prescott, which just makes the play calling by Mike McCarthy even worse because if you're going to run the ball in first and second down, then you put your quarterback in a worse situation to thrive just because of his his mentality, his skill set, but also because of math and the unli- the, un- the likelihood and the unlikelihood, I guess, of you converting a, a third long. Yeah, so, yeah, this quarterback room is going to rank 13th. Let's move on to this running back room, which is going to rank 16th. Um, they'll definitely I – would, I would not be surprised if they outrank 16th here, but Zeke had – a 
horrendous year last year. The fumbles were a problem. I definitely think play calling was a big part of that, right? Which is another reason why, too, nowadays in the NFL, you look at all these elite running backs, right? Maybe outside like Joe Mixon, because I mean they have no play calling in Cincinnati or offensive or offensive line. But like you look at all the elite running backs in a league, right? Most of them, I mean, again, outside of Mixon, have maybe Saquon Su, an elite play caller or an elite offensive line or a good enough offensive line. Like CMC has Joe Brady as his play caller. Dalvin Cook has that uh Shanahan-y offense. Kubiak now. Kubiak now, but yeah, yeah still still the same like yeah. uh genre or whatever. Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, St- uh, Kevin Stefanski. Um and a good offensive line. And a good offensive line. Alvin Kamara, Sean freaking Payton, and a one of the better offensive line, one of the best offensive lines in the league, right? I feel like I'm disrespecting some good Josh Jacobs even, John Gruden's his head coach. Terrible offensive line though. Terrible offensive line. But I mean again, but like still like they have one of those things, yeah. right? Dallas, yeah, they'll have a great offensive line, but I would argue for running backs nowadays, again, unless you're Joe Mixon or Saquon Barkley, you really need to have a really solid play caller, at least a, a solid one, and Dallas is not that at all. Uh, I think Tony Pollard might even, at some points during the season, take over in, for the starting job. And, they saw that last year. Yeah, I mean, if the fumbles continue, or if Zeke just isn't performing well, Tony Pollard, you could bring him out of the shotgun, you know, and have it be – play him more in some passing formations. And, you know, I don't know there. But, yeah, I, I would not be surprised, though. I mean, like, if Zeke has a great year, Mike McCarthy learns how to – well, Kellen Moore or, and Mike McCarthy, whatever, my bad, Kellen Moore and Irrelevant, learn how to remember how to call plays. I mean – Call it top ten offense. Right, I mean, because – when completely healthy, you probably have a top ten running back. I would say so, yeah. You're right, but we've I mean, seen what he what Zeke can do. And we've seen what Tony Pollard can do. And Tony Pollard's a pretty nice backup running back. I mean yeah. guy can catch the ball out of the backfield, he can run for some yards. Um and and that's all well, but if you can't get anything going, then you can't get anything going. Yeah, so this running back room is gonna rank sixteenth. Let's move on to this receiver room here, which is going to rank um Excuse me, you're like third in the league. Uh, we talked about with the Bengals, right? But can you name a better trio than this? You have a, if not top 10, you have a top 15 for sure receiver in Amari Cooper. That's and a get open no matter what guy. Get open no matter what. And then you have CD Lamb and Michael Gallup. Yeah. Michael Gallup, that edge threat, CD Lamb, kind of a do it all, run after catch, get open, edge threat. Um, and you know, then you have Zeke Elliott or, or Tony Pollard out of the backfield, and they've both shown that they can catch the ball out of the backfield. It, for Zeke, the only question is whether he can hold on to it after he catches it. Yeah. Um, but it, it, as as depth for this team, you've got Cedric Wilson, you've got uh, Brown, Turner. Um, you, you've got some guys that can fill in here uh, if if a player needs a rest or you have a Dalton Schultz injury. for tight end. Yeah, you've got uh, Blake Jarwin likely going to start, but Schultz you've got Jordan Sprinkle. Uh, in there as well. What a name uh, for him. But you, you've got guys that can catch the ball. And when you've got Dak Prescott throwing it to you, then you're you're in a pretty you're in a pretty good place here, uh, at least in the pass game wise. Yeah. So I mean, I don't want to feel like we're disrespecting this old, this wide receiver group, but I mean, 
is there really that much to talk about with we we I know, think it's selfish. I mean, they're just really, really good. Yeah, I think we know they're really, really good. There's not too too much to talk about there. Let's move on to this offensive line group, which is going to rank 13th for us. Um still a really, really good offensive line, don't get me wrong. Zach, Zach Martin, Martin, if he's healthy, my gosh, you know, him and Quinn and Nelson can can battle to the death for who's the best guard in the league. Uh, Tyrant Smith is definitely on the downward decline, but he is still a still dang good, good starting left tackle. tackle. Leo Collins just needs to stay healthy, but he is one of the better right tackles in the league. So you have, and then, you know, you look at Connor Williams. Um, and then, yeah, you look at Connor Williams, your, your left guard, who is a solid left guard to have for sure. Um, you know, he is uh, a replacement level to above average starter, right? Someone, you know, you're not griping about, especially if he's like your fourth or fifth guy on your uh, in your top five or whatever. Yeah. Center is a major question mark with Tyler BS, Daz, Sis, is Sis, Vidias. Yeah, roll with the dice. Um, yeah, after Tra- Travis Fedrick retired, that was a big blow to this guy. Oh, yeah. This team, uh, center being the second most important position on the line, in my opinion, um, holds the line together. And and that's 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 a tough break for them, but uh, Badias filled in last year. And here's one major, major concern. You've got Ty N- uh, Nischke, I believe I'm saying that right, as depth for offensive tackle, but then you have nobody. Offensive guard, you have a bunch of nobodies backing that up. I guess Connor McGovern, who I guess would be your backup center, could also fill in a guard. But besides Gov McGovern and uh, Nishki, you're not really looking at any depth whatsoever for Dallas. And that's why guys like Tyron Smith and Leo Collins, who missed the majority of last year, if they get injured again, you're going to be in some real, real trouble. And this is why they rank so low instead of, say, a top 10 group. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I still a really solid one for sure. Uh, they do rank um, 13th. And, uh, yeah, we're not going to talk about this play calling. We talked about it earlier already, and that's enough. Uh, worst. It's, it's the worst. Yeah. It, it, uh, actually. Oh, no, I forgot. You don't like Zach Taylor. Zach, you know, like, if you don't like Quick Kingsbury, I'm, I'm allowed to not like Zach Taylor. Um, anyway, uh, so this Cowboys offense with having the freaking one of the worst play callers, in my in our opinion, in the league, uh, they do rank 12th in offense, and that just shows you how talented this offensive group is. I mean, you know, to play with this head coach to play with this coaching staff to play with how dysfunctional this culture is to play with an aging offensive line and you're still uh in the upper half of this of the offenses in the league is uh a really a testament to your uh to your talent level on your roster here um so yeah Yeah, they're definitely gonna have to overcome a lot but they could be a top uh 10 unit here uh, if, if need be. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, let's move on to this defense here. Oh, boy. Oh, this is where it gets rocky. This is... Oh, one's it rocky already? Starting with the pass rush. 
and going through the run defense secondary and your linebackers, you're not really looking positive anywhere. Yeah, yeah. You're in 28th in pass rush. Yeah, and really that's only because Demarcus Lawrence is there and he's still a good pass rusher, um, th despite some of the, the down talking I may do. But you, you got Demarcus Lawrence, of course, Randy Gregory, both on the edge. Uh, Tristan Hill, Neville Gallimore, uh, Odi Adigizua. Osa Adigizua. My guy out of UCLA. I would look for him to take a starting job. Yeah, I think he actually should be potentially a starter. I think he's going to help in the run game a lot. He's not as great as a pass rusher, but I definitely think, you know, he could definitely take one of these spots, especially maybe Tristan Hill's spot. I'm, I'm not sure how I think training down. Yeah, for being honest, but I'm not sure. How well how training camp has gone so far, right? We're we're not in training camp, so I'm unfortunately like I can't tell you like who's getting what reps or or what, what may have you or whatever. But uh, just off the off the tape that I watched of him last year, I I think he'll be helpful for sure. Um, one guy I think is again fair to mention here. I think it's fair to mention Micah Parsons. I think he is going to slightly impact this. Passers great again, similar to the style of a Devin White, where you're gonna send where you're gonna send them on blitz packages a lot, a lot. Um, if you're smart, if you're smart, yeah, yeah. Keyword: if you're smart, you know Dan Quinn and Mike McCarthy are your and Kellen Moore. Man, this might be the worst coaching staff in the league. The Bengals are up there, but I mean, my gosh, this is bad. Yeah, yeah. I'm getting but, uh, depressed, but yeah. yes. You do have some young upside. Osa Dixua, Michael Parsons, Demarcus Lawrence is still really, really good. Um, is he top 10 pass rusher? Likely not. But it's not even a diss against him. It's just so many dang good pass rushers out there. Like, I mean, just off the top of my head, I'm not even looking at anything. Hand, hand, right hand of the Bible or whatever. You know, Joey, the Bosa's, TJ White, Miles Garrett. Uh, Chase Young. Chase Young. Oh, my God, yeah. Chase Young, Chandler Jones. Uh, I'd say Zedaria Smith over him. Zedaria Smith, Daniel Hunter, Daniel Hunter, my bad. Um, I'm definitely forgetting Cam Jordan. Khalil Matt, Jesus Christ. Oh, get out. Uh-uh, leave. Um, so, that's the pass rush. Um, in terms of run defense, this this unit is actually pretty solid, uh, but this is really because of the linebackers. you got Leighton Van Der Esch on the right side, Jalen Smith in the middle, and then you just drafted Micah Parsons uh, on the left side. But defensive line-wise, in terms of, in terms of run stuffers, you you're not looking too great. You mentioned uh, Dickie Zula. You've got Randy Gregory, Tristan Hill, and and those guys are fine, but they're not anything that's really going to move the needle. And Demarcus Lawrence can play as good as he wants against the run. They're just going to run it in the other direction, and and that's why you need more than one guy on the defensive line that can hold uh, that can that can prevent an offensive line from advancing due to linebackers. We saw that last year but they were just getting run through because the linebackers had no shot because of the piss poor line play. And, and, and I think we're on track to see that again. Yeah. Uh, from Dallas. Really quickly. Um, we, we spent a whole episode talking about how borderline underrated Khalil Mack was. And, and it's kind of yeah. funny. And I, he was the ninth edge rusher I mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. You should be ashamed. Rip. Yeah. Don't, don't cancel me. I already have a bad rap with uh, Raiders fans. I need it from Bears fans, too. But, yeah, this pass rush group, this run defense group, I'm sorry, 
is going to rank 27th. This is one of the worst line plays in the league. I don't think you can say otherwise. I mean, this is up there with honestly, Carolina's line play is really, really bad. Um, at least, at least they've got uh, Demarcus Lawrence. Um, yeah. To, to boost it up a to little. To like bit. to help. Yeah. All right. I mean, well, they have Brian Burns. But he ain't that good of a run defender. <laughs> he, he'll get bullied in the run game. But yeah, let's move on to this linebackers group, which if we're going to be any bits of positive during this episode, might as well be here. Uh, this this linebacker group here is going to rank sixth in the NFL with Jalen Smith, Micah Parsons, Leighton Van Der Esch, um, you know, just three stud linebackers. You probably got to pay Van Der Esch after the season, but they, but they, uh, you know, slightly weighted, um, you know, because of, you know, the injury concerns, they are real, right? Um, he hasn't been able to stay on the field as much recently. So they're a little hesitant, obviously, on offering him that, that big contract extension that he's Especially looking for. And they just drafted Micah Parsons. So if you lose Van Der Esch, I mean, unless he has a, a banana season, I mean, I don't think you're um, necessarily – upset i mean going the next season if michael parsons performs well and Jalen smith is on the field this is still probably a top 10 linebacker group even if you lose lane and banderesh especially if you're playing again nickel most of the time you're only running out two linebackers usually and, yeah and i think i think it would it was if, if they drafted michael parsons to set up letting banderesh go i wouldn't mind it at all i yeah, think so they definitely could have addressed the line or or, or you know, any number of things but the Micah Parsons pick, I'm not going to get too grabby with. Yeah, so hey, I guess, I guess the cow, I guess Stephen Jones and Jerry Jones did something right. Surprisingly. Yeah. You know what they didn't do right? The secondary. Oh, Lord. The secondary is bad. Um, yeah, bad. yeah. yeah. Um, Trayvon Diggs. I'm just going to give my little like one cent of optimism again. Kelvin Joseph, I do really, really like him a lot. I think he's going to be a dang good football player. I think Trayvon Days can, can play well at corner as well, but not yet. And I think that's the key because when you're rolling out Trayvon Diggs and uh, Kelvin Joseph, two really, really young guys. A rookie corner and then a sophomore year corner who was getting murdered last season. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, not pretty. And then you know, the safeties aren't great either. You've got DeMonte Kazee, Donovan Wilson. Uh, J-Ron Curse, Darian Thompson. It's you, you don't have much depth, uh, to say to say the least. Yeah, you can't even be saved by like depth or whatever. Like, okay, well, they go four, five, six corners deep, they go like four safeties deep, so they're even not like 31st, they may be like 28th or whatever. But no, this is, yeah, I and mean, we've seen it's only because the Falcons are, are so terrible. But we even talked about like we were at least. If I recall correctly, semi-optimistic about the Falcons potentially outranking that. Uh, I feel like we're both like, yeah, they're if anything, they're probably gonna, uh, you know, play worse than this. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, it's, it's really it's, bad on the defense. It's not great. Hence the uh, what number twenty-nine ranked 29 defense. defense. And when you add that with the coaching and stuff like that, it's just not a good combination to have you know you rank 29th on defense you rank you did rank what was it 12th on offense or 13th on 13, offense right so i mean offense is weighed slightly more than defense 12th on offense uh 
it is ranked more than defense. So I mean, I guess you get a plus there. Well, thankfully for them, because if it was uh, if it was defense, then uh, yeah, if defense won you still won you championships. Cowboys wouldn't be getting there anytime soon. Oh, you like to say defense may win you championships, but, but offense, offense, you get gets, <laughs> get, yeah. offense gets you there. Yeah. So, lol. Uh, yeah, so this defense is going to rank 29th here. Um, they scored a 70. That's offense. That's offense, my bad. They scored an 81.3 on offense, and they scored an um, 73.98. Yeah, so. Basically, seventy-four. Um, so, it's 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 not it's not pretty here. If you're a Cowboys fan, there's going to be a lot of thirty-five to forty-two games where the Cowboys lose, and uh, you never want to see your team lose, scoring thirty-five points. But yeah, they have a pretty generous schedule. Playing the NFC least does help. You've got six definitely winnable games. Nine and a half wins is the over/under. All right, so let's look at the schedule here, break it down. So you start off at Tampa, at the Chargers, two losses. You're probably going to start off with a rough start there. Philly at home, that's a win. Carolina, that's a win at home. The Giants, they probably split with the Giants. So what's that, three and two? Uh, At New England, that's a loss. By at Minnesota, that's a loss. Three and four. Denver, four and four. Atlanta at home, I think you'll pick up that win. City on the road, L. Yeah, so where are we at? Uh, you're at. I went to. Yep, five five, right? Yep. Uh, Raiders, I think six and five. And New Orleans, L. At Washington, L. At the Giants, L. Washington at home. I think Washington wins that game. In Dallas. In Dallas. In Dallas, the line play. I think okay. yeah, I think Washington is going to dominate nine. in the run game. I think six and nine. I think uh, Washington is going to dominate in the run game with Antonio Gibson in their line, and I think uh, we're going to see some Fitz magic as well, to where Dallas just they're, they're going to get shut down by the defense. Six and nine, and then I think I do think you lose Arizona at home, and you lose the and then you beat Philly. So I have them going seven and ten to end to go on the season. I think your ceiling is probably ten wins. Yeah, um, I would say that. Hold on, say that I think your ceiling is about ten wins. Again. Yeah, I think their ceiling, this Cowboys team ceiling, is about ten wins here. Um, yeah, I, I would yeah. say I would say they're definitely losing the first two games, Tampa and, and the Chargers, both on the road. Uh, against Philly at home, I think you win that game. Against Carolina at home, I think you win that game. Against the Giants at home, you win that game. Starting off three and three after you lose to New England, going into the bye week, then you lose Minnesota, but you beat Denver, you beat Atlanta, you're above 500, five and four. You play the Chiefs, you get smacked, five and five uh, against the Raiders at home. You win that game at New Orleans, at Washington, at the Giants, at home against Washington. You go on a four-game losing streak, get swept by Washington. You're at five and five, six and five, six and six, six and seven, six and eight. Six and nine, you lose to Arizona six and ten, and you lose to Philly on the road. I think you split with the Eagles six and eleven. I think it's another disappointing season here for the Cowboys. Yeah, but no, right now they're, they're still gonna win the Super Bowl. Oh, for sure, for sure. Oh my god, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I actually wouldn't make a bet 
Uh, the Cowboys were one of those teams that if I'm a betting man, I never make a bet because you know you just, you just never know. Yeah, they're, they're too volatile. I, I, I get they can put up 40 points in one week, they can put up 13 in the next week. Maybe the defense. Uh, it's it's a it's weird, but uh, if the over under is nine and a half, I think I would I would go pretty solid on the under. I, I think uh, I just wouldn't bet it. I, I'm leaning, I'm leaning more towards under, especially with it being nine and a half. They can go nine and eight, still be under. I'm going under. Fair. If it, was, if it was nine, I would definitely not bet it. Yeah. The Cowboys are here at 21. They're in this tier of, you know, bad, but com- definitely competitive teams. Competitive. Oh, my God. Competitive teams here. They're rounding out. There's only a couple more teams left. I feel like they're in this bad but competitive tier. Yeah. And then you're getting into some playoff hopefuls. And then I think legit playoff contenders. Yeah. So, Super Bowl uh, contenders. Super Bowl I, these guys could definitely win the NFC East. NFC least. But they could also very well go six and eleven and have a have a high draft pick. So it's a very volatile team. But uh, we appreciate you guys for tuning in uh, to the number twenty one ranked Dallas Cowboys preseason power rankings episode. And we will catch you next time. Peace out. Peace out, guys. Appreciate it.